Again, good morning to all of you. It is great to see you. I am excited about this morning, excited about tonight. I will spend some time in my devotional word to us before the business meeting about some things that I believe God accomplished in this last week. Many of you prayed for me as I was speaking to a group of pastors in Sweden. And there are times that you, you leave a place like that and you know that God used you because you simply delivered his word that he put on your heart. And then there are times that you feel that there was a significant shift in, in the life of what was happening among the people. And I could tell that you were praying for me. I could sense the intercession that had been happening on behalf of all of these pastors that I ministered to. And God just kind of converged some things. And there was a shift in, in the work of God in that place. And I look forward to telling you more about that tonight. So be here at 6 o'clock. But right now, take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. And I want us to mobilize through the power of God. I don't want us to simply mobilize with ideas to express kindness. I want us to do it in the presence, compassion, and power of God. So we'll anchor our thoughts today in one of the great prayers of the Apostle Paul that starts in verse number 14 of Ephesians 3. I want to read this entire passage And then we will go back and look at some of the key principles for us today. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be able to complete, you will be made complete, with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Take these words that were one of Paul's greatest prayers and make them come alive in this place. Stir our hearts with the fire of your spirit through this word until we are mobilized in these acts of kindness by your power. God, it is not by our our ability or power, it is by your power. And we're asking for an eternal difference to be made, and that can only be accomplished by you. Lord, it has to happen through your church, but we see in this prayer that the work of God through us is all about the work of God in us. Increase our capacity for the work of the Spirit in us so that we might really be a vessel useful in expressing the love of God. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord of this church and the Lord of the harvest that you are going to bring in. And everyone said amen. Paul is very direct 
in this prayer that he wants us to walk in the power of God. That we would know this power, that we would be empowered, and that the power that will operate through us must start within us. All of the work of God is connected to our capacity to receive that power. That capacity is connected to our intimacy with God. Let me try and give a process. The work of God through us is connected to the work of God in us. So the work is connected to the capacity in our lives to receive the presence of God. And that capacity expands as our spiritual intimacy deepens. We will not walk in the power of God and do great things for God because we're mobilizing in acts of kindness. We will walk in the power of God because we are going deeper in our spiritual intimacy. As I go deeper in spiritual intimacy, the capacity of his presence within me expands and his power through me increases. Paul says in verse 16 that we would be empowered with inner strength. Other versions say that he would strengthen us with might by the spirit in the inner man. You see, the starting place of the power of God is in us, then through us. I must emphasize this. Nothing can happen through me until something happens in me. Since February the 4th, I've been emphasizing the work of God in us. Now it's time to turn God loose in our community. And it must be a result of what he's been doing in us. So that the impact through us is substantial and lasting. Paul is not apologetic about the power of God. However, it's curious how we arrive at this power. 1 Thessalonians teaches us that we're spirit, soul, and body. What happens in the body of Christ is going to be connected with what's going on in the soul of the church. And what's happening in the soul of the church has its origin in the spirit of the church. You are the church. You are walking with God. What happens in you, a Christian, is connected to what's going on in your soul... And what's happening in your soul is all connected to what is happening in your spirit. The spirit is the starting place for the activity, energy, and power of God. His spirit working in your spirit. It is my spirit that allows me to communicate with God. So Paul says, may you be empowered by his spirit in your spirit with such an inner dynamic, such an inner strength that then you are able to then make a difference through the God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly anything that we could ask or think. I, I really like microwave popcorn. And I can remember the day that I, I became intrigued how you have these kernels that you couldn't possibly enjoy. It'd just be horrible to try to eat the kernels. But if you put them in a microwave and it begins to heat up, because there is moisture inside of that kernel, 
as the heat begins to hit the moisture, the outer shell struggles to contain all that is on the inside. Over time, through the process of heat in the microwave, all of what is on the inside can no longer be contained by the outward shell and something more than you could ask or think begins to come forth. You're made aware that it is available by the pop. When it pops, you then can take hold of something that is beyond your imagination that that incredible popcorn was contained within that kernel. God takes us as his church, puts us into the spiritual heat of his presence. And over time, all that is on the inside cannot be contained. And so the work of God in us is then released through us. So maybe I could preach today, pop goes the church. There needs to be an expansion of the presence and power of God in us until it can no longer be contained and it expresses through us until a watching, hungry world says, wow, this is amazing. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The power of God in us and through us. Capacity. The capacity within me increases. The power of God through me increases. In verse 17, let's read it again. It says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Christ will make his home. He is at home there. He is welcome there. God wants to be at home within our hearts. He wants to be invited into the library of our minds to see what we're thinking about. He wants to be invited into the garage of our lives to see what is driving us. He wants to be at home. John used the word and it's called abide or abiding. In between these services with all of these pastors in Sweden, I realize drinking tea is very much a cultural deal. And after one of the services, we were at dinner, had dinner, and after dinner, they, they bring out this tea. And it was just amazing to watch all of these people around this table as they have their tea bag. And some are dipping, some are just abiding. Some are working the bag around their spoon and you realize they have, they have worked it out. They, and as I saw that, an illustration just began to unfold in my mind through this passage that some of us are dippers and some of us are abiders. We, we dip into daily devotions on occasion. We, we dip into servant leadership on occasion. Then there are those who abide in the word, meditate on the word. They, they process God thoughts. They are walking in the spirit. 
I heard an interesting statement as this one person just dropped the tea bag, just dropped it into the cup, just dropped it in there. The other person said, I would never do that because my tea would get too strong. See, because this one person was abiding, the strength was increasing. And the more we abide in Christ and the more Christ is at home in us, welcome to reside, to take up residence. There's a relationship. There's an ongoing process. The stronger we become. To to be a church released in the power of God is that Christ is at home in us. We are abiding in Him. Let's look at verse 17. It says, your roots will grow down into God's love and it will keep you strong. Your roots are in the love of God. Our roots are not in doctrine, though doctrine is important. Our roots are not even in scripture memory, though scripture memory is important. Our roots are in an experience with God. When it says that our roots grow grow down in the love of God, it's that we are experiencing God. If you go to a restaurant today after church, You're not going to walk into that restaurant, be seated, take the menu, look at the menu until you can recite the menu. Okay, I have memorized the menu. And then you put the menu on the table. You walk out and you tell people, hey, I can recite the menu. You are not rooted in information. You are rooted in an experience. uh, experience. You go to the restaurant to experience what you read. You read something and then you make an order so that you then can experience what you read so that then when you walk out, you, you have both the knowledge, the information, and the experience. It is not enough to be able to name the books of the Bible. It is not enough to just quote scripture. We need to experience what it is we're reading. We need to experience the power of the blood, the work of the spirit, the great physician's healing virtue. We need to experience the word. Hear me now. Let let God challenge you if your walk with God has become more informational than relational. If it becomes more informational, my act of kindness will be out of duty and religion. If it's relational, the act of kindness will come out of an experience that I have with Jesus Christ that I want other people to have. Read the word. Rehearse the word. Memorize the word. But experience the word. Anytime you read the Bible, it's different than reading another book. I love other books. I love great writers. There are, there are some writers, I, I, I buy every book that they write because they resonate with me. But you take that greatest author, I want to tell you when I'm reading his book, he's never one time come into my study, looked over my shoulder and said, let me tell you what was happening when I wrote that. However, every time I open this book, the Holy Spirit is there present with me, looking over my shoulder and saying, Ron, let me tell you what was going on when I wrote that. Let me tell you how that applies to you. It becomes a living word to me. It becomes a personal word to me. 
And I'm not just gaining information. I am experiencing the very presence of God through the word of God. Oh, if my capacity for his presence will expand, his power through me will increase. But it's all connected to spiritual intimacy. says that we would be rooted in God's love. Verse 18, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. As all God's people should. That one phrase, it challenged me that there are some things that are only experienced in the context of the church, of, of the corporate church. There are some things that you will know as a personal believer walking with God. But there are some things that we can only experience as the church. God wants us to know something as his people. And then God wants us to do something as his people. We have not tried to have just great church services over the last few weeks. We have tried to open up the word of God and then say, Lord, put your word in us Begin to work a process so that you can prepare us as you do something through us. Through us. Church, it is time for the work of God through us. We've had the work of God in us. Now let's have the work of God through us. You see, if there's not a a so that, then so what? If we're not here today receiving the word of God so that we can pass it on to a hurting, discouraged, lost person... Then so what? How many more sermons do we need? It is that we receive this sermon out of a heart that is hungry for God and then passionate to be used by God. Listen, young people, hear this. We are hearing so that we might apply, so that we may go and do it. We never just listen to a sermon to get information. We are listening on how that relates to us, in us, and through us. We are a people of action. We are a people moving forward. We are not just gathering facts. We are gathering ammunition to be used in the spiritual fight to advance the kingdom of God. That God would do this in us, in us. That we... As all God's people would know how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. You would know it. You would experience it. There's so many things that come into my heart when I read these perimeters, these dimensions. I think about the cross high enough so that I can stand in the shadow of the cross And all of my sins are washed away wide enough because no matter how much I've done in my past or how how many things God would like to do in my future, the power of the cross is the perimeters that let me know the width and the height and the depth of God's love to work in and through me. When I see these perimeters... I think about the Holy of Holies that we see in the Old Testament. It, 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 was, it was in a square right within the temple. It, it had perimeters. Now, in the New Testament, 
We don't have a temple that we go to. We are the temple of God. So how do we move into the Holy of Holies? And this is just stirring in my heart. You process this and see how you think about it. But when I read about the love of God, its width, its height, its depth, its length, I'm, I'm thinking of maybe that's the New Testament Holy of Holies. Maybe the Holy of Holies is walking in the most powerful love known to man. Because there's no greater motivation than the love of God. There's no greater power than the love of God. Why wouldn't the Holy of Holies be the most powerful atmosphere that you could find? What more power is there than the love of God? The love of God that took away my sin. The love of God that gave me a whole new identity, new name, new purpose, new hope. That every day I can, I can walk, I have access, I can come into this place and walk and let this love flow through me. Oh, I, I want the Spirit of God to, to kind of put that in your heart. The Holy of Holies is the incredible love of God available to all of us. And no matter how much you pray, read, study, go after God, you never can experience all of it. There's always more. Watch this. Put it all together. The more I experience God and go after God, I deepen my spiritual intimacy. I expand my spiritual capacity so that then there can be a greater work through me because the power through me is all about the capacity in me, and that capacity is connected to my spiritual intimacy. Oh, that I would know how wide, how high, how deep is the love of God. You know, verse 17 talks about being planted. Verse 18 talks about being established. So there's the metaphor of a plant and then the metaphor of a building. See, whatever I'm rooted in is going to come out. You get rooted in bitterness and bitterness will come out. You get rooted in lust and lust will come out. You get rooted in the love of God, the love of God will come out. So it's important what you are rooted in. And then you're established. You are, you are put on a foundation. If I am established in the love of God, experiencing the love of God, I, I let that be the holy of holies in my life. Then, then you see all that's happening in me and then all that is happening through me. Oh, that this world would know the love of Christ. How will they know unless it happens through us? And how can we express something unless we're experiencing that love? I have a friend who had an underground sprinkler system and it was malfunctioning. So he was working at the power box. He called an electrician and he said, something's up here. Uh, the electrician said, there, there, there is no power problem. You, you need to get your shovel and start digging. And the guy said, what do you mean? He said, you don't have a power problem. You've got a connection problem. He said, power's not the issue. You've got to disconnect somewhere underground. There is no shortage of the power of God. 
We don't need to come to the power box today and evaluate if there's a power problem. If there's a problem anywhere, it's in the connection. Check your connection with God. How do you do that? Prayer time, thought process. Lord, that the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth, he's, the psalmist there is checking his, his God thoughts. He's checking the activity of God in his life and through his life. Am I walking in the spirit? That, that's what we're evaluating today. Because if we are walking in the love of God and express these acts of kindness out of that heart, there will be a supernatural impact made. Otherwise, we're a charitable organization. Thank God for charitable organizations. But there must be some supernatural grace-filled organizations. We're not just giving a handout. We are giving people a witness of the love of God in a tangible way. It, that expression of kindness must be backed with an anointed heart of Christ's love. Christ's love. I want to experience that love. And it's all about relationship. One of the interesting things when you, when you fly uh, long eight-hour flights, everybody's looking for the best seat they can get. And I, I listened to an exchange that happened at the counter before boarding a flight. This person said, I would like to change my seat. The attendant said, you can't. And the person pulled out a card. And when the attendant saw that this person was a platinum level, she said, oh, I'm very sorry. Yes, we can change your seat. See, he had a relationship that other people did not have. Well, this one person apparently got bumped. They were not platinum. They pick up a phone and call customer service. Find out later that this person had a relative that worked in customer service. And I realize that if you have a relative in customer service... You can trump platinum. <laughs> because that one person had a relationship. He was doing what no one else was even asking or thinking. Walked on that plane and was able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything else the rest of us could do. Because he had a relationship. The exceeding, abundant, unlimited work of God through us must be connected to our relationship with him. You can go to Niagara Falls and you can rent a hotel room. You can get a hotel room there and from a certain hotel you can see the falls. You can come outside of that hotel and walk across the street to a park and some of the mist from the falls will get on you. You can go to the falls and get on what they call the maid of the mist, which will take you right into the basin of the falls. They will give you a raincoat because they tell you you are going to get drenched. 
And there you can go right to the base of the Niagara Falls and just get drenched. And it's amazing. And to me, that establishes the passion or lack thereof. That are, what category are you in spiritually? Are you content to, to watch from a distance? Are you content to come in and just let some of the mist of his presence get on you? Or do you say, oh God, immerse me, overwhelm me, pour your spirit out on me. I really want you to consider that. Because for those who are content to just watch from a distance, will not expand their capacity for the presence of God. Therefore cannot express a greater witness of the grace of God. We are called to be a witness. But before we can be a witness, there must be a work of power in us. So to the degree that I witness him will determine the degree that I can witness him. The introduction of a sermon is the most important part because you're going to try to grab people's attention with the introduction. The introduction of a sermon is the last thing that you prepare. You don't prepare the introduction first because how can I introduce you if I don't know you? Once I know what the sermon is, I then can prepare an introduction of the sermon. You can only introduce Christ to the degree that you know Christ. Paul, who wrote this prayer, also wrote that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. Oh, that I might know him here in this prayer. Now listen to these words again, and with this I close. I fall on my knees and pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Listen to the relational language there. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. That's an interesting verse. May we experience the love of Christ that is too great to understand I wish I had time and had the words to try and preach what I think is contained just in that verse. He's saying in other translations, it says that you would know the love of Christ that is past finding out. And when you would read it, you would say, now, wait a minute. You're asking me to know something that I can't know. The New Living Translation helps us here. It says that you would experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. 
There are things that I have experienced in my heart that I cannot explain to you. The love of God is so amazing that it is past finding out. But you can know it. You can experience it. And you'll end up in witnessing to people where you've told them everything you know about God and you will just say, look, and he's so much more. I struggle to find the words to tell you all that he is. Oh, that, I want to walk in that. I don't understand how God sent his son and how his son was born of a virgin, but I know that he was because I've experienced his love. I don't know how Jesus rose from the dead and then ascended to the right hand of the Father. And then I don't know how the Holy Spirit was poured out. I don't understand that. I, don't, I can't explain to you three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I can't explain that, but I have experienced the Trinity. I, his love, to describe it to you, is, is beyond my comprehension. But I have experienced his love. And I can tell you there's no greater love than the love of God. Oh, for all of us to be empowered by the Spirit in the inner man, in our spirits, and out of the reservoir of God's fresh work in us, we will not tell people that which we know we will tell them that which we have experienced. I have no doubt that the blind man could not give you all of the facts of creation and the resurrection. But the blind man could say, all I know is this, I once was blind, but now I see. He had experienced God. I am convicted about all of the great information, all of the great teaching that remains knowledge within the church and stops short of experience.